0: Hey, this is your name,
1: your name, your name. And, uh, they say it ain't easy. ain't green. Gang green have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break, the great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. We're talking about the process at which we do things. Lie. I'm not gonna lie to you. Hurry up! Hurry up! Hurry up! Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no
0: way I'm not gonna have enthusiasm on the
1: sideline. Hey, own this
0: run! Own this run! The
1: New York Jets. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. Broadcasting to you live. From beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York, I am joined, as always, by the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris everyone. What's up, everybody? Fresh off the heels of getting our doors blown in and scoring no points this week, another embarrassing loss, Mike. Jets have now been outscored, I think it's 46-3. to in the first half of these games this year. I think we managed about 160 yards on offense total. This is going to be a long show this week, Mike. We both talked about this already. Jeff fans don't want to hear us go on and on. I don't think they want to hear people wallow in the misery of what we've seen last week and the previous week in the first half of that first game versus the Panthers. Most of this year has been a train wreck. It's been a disaster what we've seen on the field, Mike. And there is some glimmers of hope we've seen with defensive players. Um, some small little glimmers of hope. But, Mike, what happens to those glimmers if even these guys that are playing decent are just on the field the whole day? <laughs> you know? If yeah. they never get off the field. I mean, if you look at the numbers the Broncos put up, Teddy Bridgewater had 235 yards, no touchdowns. They had their running game. Melvin Gordon ran the ball 18 times for 60 yards. That's 3.4 carry. They didn't do anything on offense. Mike, Mm -hmm. they did nothing. Mm -hmm. It's just we could not get out of our own way to such an extent that this, I mean, Mike, you know what? Through three games last year, we had 37 points. Through three games this year, we have 20 points. I know. Three games last year, um, almost 800 yards. Through three games this year, about 720 yards. Um, And some of the mistakes, Mike, the killer mistakes, the things that really bad teams do. You know, like the killer penalties, even when the game is maybe out of reach. You know, you got Shaq, um, Shaq lost an act in a fool. We have three personal fouls, eight penalties for 89 yards total. The drops, the pressure they're giving up. Mike, there's nothing in this game besides Quinn and Williams. Separate him out for one hot set. Besides our boy Q, there's nothing in this game that you and I, I should say that I can take away as a positive at all.
0: You can't, you can't really point the finger at anybody it's a failure an organizational failure really across the board um you can look at every single attribute regarding the offense the quarterback play the receivers running backs being able to catch the ball execution of plays play calling you can look at coaching you can look at penalties you can look at whatever you want they're a bad team right now um it's very hard to find positives like you mentioned I at this point I think that they the team needs to sit down and just look at the results understand what has been done isn't good enough and figure out what they can do systematically to play better Um, not really just in one area but all areas and um, this is really on coaching right and leadership at the top and filtering down because i i think that what we saw on sunday they're a better team than that in my opinion i mean they have only played honestly one quarter of decent football and that was the fourth quarter of the panther game outside of that i have seen absolutely nothing offensively and then from a defensive perspective there are positives But the problems are, to your point, how long can you keep that up when you're currently just getting trotted out there? Um, I think the young cornerbacks have done a decent job given, you know, where they are and the amount of experience that they have. Uh, Like you said, Q Williams did pretty decently. But, you know, (laughs) I think Zach Wilson, he had a very bad game against the Patriots. Um, He had no time i mean there were plays where if you took a snapshot of the play all three receivers were all bunched in one area wow you saw you showed me that mike i couldn't even believe what uh, i was seeing i i you know and then there's like shots where zach's back there and there's free rushers just through the a gap i think that like offensive line school 101 is don't let pressure through the a gap then there's literally these players these defensive linemen running through the a gap directly at zach and i can say that i think zach played a better game that interception at the end was not his fault obviously that barrios just completely dropped i mean there were so many drops it's just
1: when the ty johnson intercept the ball he threw to ty johnson when he kind of moved in the pocket mike and slung that little sidearm pass out now, maybe you don't think the ball is going to come at you at that angler that quick, that close to the line of scrimmage, but Ty Johnson, you have to catch that ball. I mean, we're not, not only, and this is what I'm worried about, Mike. Uh, me and you kind of put to bed the notion that the Jets had anything to do with Sanchez not being good because they surrounded him with a great offensive line, great running game, great defense. He had everything to succeed. He just wasn't good. Um, they didn't do that for Sam Darnold. We watched this happen already. We've seen this. This is a rerun. We've seen a guy go through this. Um, where not only is the team other team all over him and right now Zach Wilson is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL they've given up 15 sacks on this kid five more sacks on Sunday nine pressures on Sunday if this continues for the rest of the season Mike we're talking about the all-time record in sacks giving up okay I'm, I'm assuming they're going to correct us we hope they correct us but just so that it's in the proper context over 17 games if this average continues he's going to get sacked 80 five times. Fathom that. We're talking about about 10 pressures a game on this poor kid. So what's he going to be pressured 170 times, Mike? Like, when you put it in perspective, even in the, and Mike, even in the pack game, like you said, he they, they, they protected him decently enough in that game. So these numbers are a little startling. And then you add to the fact that when he does make the right read and does make the correct decision and does throw the ball, Corey Davis? Mike? Corey Davis, what what are you doing? Ty Johnson? It's like when he does make the right read, guys are dropping balls. The it's entire, fast. and you pointed it out so well, Mike, the, the entire, when it comes to up front and the lines there, There's, a, you, you showed me a picture. I mean, they hiked the ball. He took two steps back, Zach, and I don't know who, off the top of my head, Mike, I'm forgetting which offensive McGovern. line it was, but it was McGovern, okay. His back was to a defensive tackle, who's just coming right up the middle at our boy. And it wasn't like it was a linebacker or some blitz that was exotic. It was just a defensive tackle. So we're getting into the nitty-gritty here with some of this coaching. You know, Robert Salah, we like his enthusiasm. We like the resume. We like what he was bringing to the table. Everything about it, Mike, before game one, positive, right? Through three games, though, I mean, he's failing us miserably. And
0: they're regressing.
1: And and they're getting worse.
0: Absolutely. Every and game. when you
1: look at like like you said, um some of these these assignments when it comes to the wide receivers who are bunched up in the same area. When it comes to this these offensive line, um where guys don't look like they know what they're doing. You know, LaFleur Mike, we're through three games here. We're averaging almost seven points a game through three games. Six. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, six point seven points a game. Um we have three points in the first half. Last week we knew no matter what, even if they weren't able to get big run chunks, they had to establish the run. They only ran the ball 13 times. Okay, so you you wonder what this guy's doing also. Like, he's got to be called into question just because we know Zach's athletic. And I'm remembering back when we had Sanchez. Now, arm talent-wise, Sanchez is not comparable to Zach Wilson. But when he was a rookie, and he was a horrible rookie year, Sanchez. But they would be like, all right, well, let's roll him out in the pocket. Give him some design throws to make it a little easier. We don't do that. No, we don't and LaFleur, do any.
0: LaFleur is, LaFleur is, I think he's deer in headlight. They need to bring on someone to help him, uh, some sort of consultant or something, because he, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I mean, that is apparent to me. And I, I'm really, you know, and every time I look at the Jets, I'm like, Offensively, I look back at all of our play callers offensively, and really, there was only one that kind of did decent, and that was the one for that was under Todd Bowles with uh, Sanchez, who was, if you want to say he was decent calling plays. Um, w- we need to get our offensive schemes and our how we're calling plays. Like like Sal like Salah, why would you um, call a timeout? when we were going into the half and we were down all those points. And if you don't make the third down, you're gonna to have to punt back to the the Denver Broncos and the Broncos could go back and score. Now, luckily the Broncos didn't call a timeout and they went out to the half. But in my mind, I'm like, what are Weird. you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm looking at some of these decisions. And then the, the excuse was that they're not getting any separation. The receivers aren't able to uh, um, really set. <laughs> We have a six foot two uh, uh, beast cat just sitting inactive play again. and runs It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm sick of you people with your excuses and you think that you know more, you're, you're not getting it done. You need yeah. to reanalyze your approach and you got to give these young, because you're going to ruin Zach Wilson. You're going to ruin him. He's getting attacked and you know i don't know how long this isn't sustainable so it's really sad to see it's it's a dark place i knew we were going to have growing planes i just didn't think it was going to be this bad it's the worst we're the worst team in the league period it's not even a question and um i really hope that in the next month we see some results and i'm not even looking for wins i'm just looking for progress Just something that we can hang our hat on offensively and say okay I think we're looking look like Zach made some good throws that one that last throw that interception that he threw which went through Barrios's hands that was a phenomenal uh, play great pass that yeah. was a great pass like that was on target you know he, he maneuvered through the pocket you know um so the only thing that's happening right now the, the I mean the Jets are a laughing but the Giants are terrible all the other rookie quarterbacks suck so it's bad, but there's other bad going on. So they're not yeah. they're getting clowned on, but it's it's not. You know, there's other things going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, Lawrence. All, every rookie quarterback, Justin Fields, had a historically bad day this week. Yeah. every every rookie quarterback looked Mack bad. Jones and Jones three. And picks. um, you know, Mike, you touched on so many things there. Mims not playing again. Very interesting, just because of the fact that you saw the way the receivers performed. Corey Davis looked like a revelation there week one and looked great in the preseason. Past two weeks, Mike has come up small, has not played like a number one. And when he's had a chance to make a play, hasn't made the play. Yeah. Um, and some of these interceptions our boy Zach is getting now when the receiver and a quarterback aren't in sync, maybe a ball's in front or behind a guy, I totally get that. But a lot of these balls are not him throwing the ball to the other team. He's throwing the ball. It's in the range of the receiver. They're not making a play. And when you're a rookie receiver when you're struggling like him man it's just like god that's just it just how what do you think that does for someone's confidence when they do make the right decision and their team's not coming through for them exactly mentally it's it's just wild that's zach wilson we're just failing this kid it seems like on multiple fronts here when it comes to the play of the wide receivers when it comes to the play calling when it comes to the protection and it seems like He's even, as we said, just seems like he was even more of a high-level asset than Sam when it comes to what he could do on the field. We haven't been able to really see it. Let me give you one example now. We love to nitpick with plays. First, uh, the first quarter, we have a run with our boy Carter. It's eight-yard run by Carter. It's second and two. Excuse me, third and two. And Carter starts off in the backfield the next play. They end up running him out wide. We have five wide receivers on a third and two. So we're not even pretending like we're not. we're just telling the other team, we're going to pass the ball. You know, when they know we have problem passing the ball. And it's one of these things. It's small. It's slight. I know it's not a big deal. But these Jet fans probably noticed this in the game. Just, you know, Zach Wilson's not at a place yet where we can count on him, whether you spread the field out or not. And or I should say, Zach Wilson's not at a place. And the wide receiver core is not playing at a level where just because you spread him out, you can expect to get three, four, or five yards. They spread it out there. The Broncos said, okay, they're going to they're gonna throw the ball. They tighten up in the middle of the field. Zach Wilson almost throws an interception. I just... I think on all these different ways, all these different avenues, you can kind of fail a player. That's what they've done so far. I don't see answers. I don't see changes. I don't see things they're doing different. And you mentioned one where we, we just uh, talked about a moment ago, which was Denzel Mims. Now, he doesn't play again this week, Mike. The guy is six foot three and he's 215. If all he can do is run a go route because he can still run a 438 or something. Catch the defense. Have him on the field because – Corey Davis is a great player. I should say Corey Davis is a good player. Played great the first game, not so much the last two weeks when teams were really able to key in on him. And they took him right out of the game. So what weapon do we have going down the field aside from him? And, and he, can I say something?
0: Th- yeah. This is, and, and I believe that I have the right to call out what the offense is doing. Why do they constantly have Elijah Moore playing as the number two, as the why, as the, as the go? He is best at slot. But for some reason, they don't put him at slot.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes. Like, that's like, Mims' position, basically. Right, right. He should be there. And right. it wouldn't if you had a Mims on one side, 6'3", 215, even if he's running two routes, Thank even you. if he knows two plays. Thank you. And Corey Davis is on the other side, you have to pay attention to Mims. You can't ignore him. Thank you. You have to play him.
0: Thank you. And, I know, put, I know, and I know. put and put Elijah in the slot. Like, why exactly. can't you
1: people do that? Yeah. Why yeah, can't you saying. do that?
0: Are you smarter than everyone else? Because what you've done is enough is garbage. So why don't you just put the players where their strengths are? Elijah's best in the slot.
1: Yeah. Why aren't you not utilizing him in the slot? Why yeah. do you keep putting him on the outside? When and he got a concussion. You got it. Control- now, the poor, he's, we're not going to see him for at least a few weeks. So, if, basically, Mike, if Mims, if Crowder's out again, I know Crowder had the COVID issue. Now he has another injury. Um, if he's out again this week and Elijah Moore, doesn't play this week, which looks like he's not gonna play. And Mims, again, doesn't suit up. I have, I, have, I don't even know what else to say. No, no, I'm not I think a he's loss. gonna play.
0: I think he's gonna play because I was re- reading with Rich Damini and there's too much pressure now. And essentially he puts Berrios in the slot. That's why Berrios has had a lot of, you've seen yeah, a lot of targets, numbers. yeah. And then he puts, they're putting Elijah out there at the Y and then they got X is as uh, Corey Davis and they've been running like that and putting in Keelan Cole or whatever. And it's just not, it's not working, okay? Yeah. So, hopefully, look, we get Denzel out there. Denzel just has to show, you know, just show us something. Like, catch the ball, do something. And the pressure is just too great now. So, yeah, I, I think, Keith, the biggest failure right now, besides the offensive line, is the play calling. That's Absolutely. what I see. That's just what I see. I'm not – you would think that at two, inter, two touchdowns and seven interceptions, I would be worse on Zach right now. Zach had a bad – game against the Patriots. And I saw what he was doing. He was pushing the ball, but I still seen throws of his that I'm like, Oh my God. Like I, 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 I look at the throw and I just say, hmm, like it way with the right situation. I, I, I'm not, I'm still not at the point where I'm like, Oh man, I wish we had gotten Trevor or I wish we took fields or no. I I'm not because of all these quarterbacks, Zach has thrown been the most impressive as far as throwing the ball, like actual ability to get the ball out quickly and on and, and accurate. It's
1: just been these situations. One last thing I want to touch on with Zach and what's been going on with this offense, Mike, and just want to give Quinn Williams a little bit of love too before we get oh, on to yeah, these Titans. Word. Um is that, you know, I said 15 sacks, Mike. I looked it up a moment ago. We've lost 118 yards on those sacks. Can you even I'm I just I'm looking it up. No one's even close to that. What's interesting, the second closest cue is actually Ryan Tannehill. 10 sacks on him for 92-yard loss. I mean, that's one glimmer of hope. Maybe we can get to this guy on uh, on Sunday. But, bro, 15 sacks. We've lost 118 yards just on sacks. That's not including all the other times we see Zach get pressured, have to run out and make a bad throw. Like, I, I wish I knew the amount of times, Mike. I wish we could know the amount of plays he dropped back had a clean pocket, was able to go through maybe his first or second progression and could rate him on that, which is just a perfect world. I'm just saying in a vacuum, right. would be a good way to judge him because we haven't even been able to see that yet, you know, and we haven't gotten too much into the um, you mentioned Justin Fields, other quarterbacks. I saw a lot of different things this week, people because they don't want to dig deep or use their brain too hard. And they want to go, hey, man, look, didn't you, shouldn't you have kept Sam? And it makes me want to throw up, Mike, at this point. Yeah. Because one thing, I have no hatred for Sam. So when I have to argue against someone and say, well, hold on a second. Let's hit the breaks. Look at the teams. The Car- Panthers maybe played the three worst teams in the NFL in a row. Mm-hmm. And he only had three touchdowns in three weeks. And he's a 17th ranked quarterback in the league. Let's just hit our breaks. I'm not, I'm not hating on Sam. But they're acting like Sam is all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes, you know? Mm-hmm. I he's saw the playing- same Sam. I saw the and, same uh, and Sam. Did you Sam's not see playing him
0: fumbling and everything? Same well, I want, <laughs> and
1: I, I, I have no, I, I have no problem with the Panthers. They whooped us. I hope Sam plays great. So I don't have any ill will towards him, remotely. Agreed. I just, to me, Mike, I think you and I, I kind of felt, and we said, I think he's going to be better on the Panthers. But his ceiling to me is kind of middle of the pack QB right now. Everyone's saying he's playing great, and where is he ranked QB wise? The the middle, just like you said. So I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to hate. Right. I'm just saying, why are we? Why do we do that to ourselves? So many just of <laughs> the self loathing that we have. Um, and we all know it. We're not going to go down the road with this, this last three weeks too much, guys. I just want to give one shout-out to Quinton Williams because, Mike, he was a beast this weekend. Oh, yeah. He had a sack and a half. He had a couple other pressures. He had two QB hits. He had a tackle for a loss. He was the Q that we all saw play the last maybe like 12 games of last year. Correct. Um, just, just all over the field. Huff had a half a sack, too. He played pretty good. And it's this weird thing where you look up and you're like, damn, what was it? The score final score, I think, it was 25-0, right? And you look at the Broncos, you're like, damn, Teddy Bridgewater was – dink and dunked most of the day it's some good passes, don't get me wrong, but his stats at the end of the game, it's not like they had a huge day. It's not like anyone on their team had a huge day. Like I said, Teddy Bridgewater 235, Mike on the day, no touchdowns, no wins. They didn't really run the ball that well. They only averaged 3.3 yards a rush. So you're like, it's just, it's so confusing. You know, it's like, that's not even that good. My, I guess what's frightening, I guess, to say, I'll put it in this perspective, that team's not even that good. The Broncos, I'm sorry, their defense is not that bad. They're not. But their offense is is just average at best. Right. And when you put your defense in a position like we did last week, you could still get smoked in this league. And that's how the NFL works. So the offense has to do something. We I mean, had the ball almost 36 minutes. The Broncos, not a good, not an easy way to win games. But defense played a little, you know, did the best they could with what they were given. Um, but on to Tennessee next week.
0: It's the situation. Now. That heavy on me.
1: I see Titans coming in, MetLife Stadium. I'm going to be joined, hopefully, by my cousin Sammy, who you guys will hear on the show next week, coach of the Hastings High School football team, Giant Jet fan, Michael. Tennessee's coming in now, like I just said. If we just got smoked by the Broncos, I'm not saying the Titans are the number one, number two, number three by team in the league, but they're one of the better teams in the league. I would say Mike they got a tremendous running game. I know Brown got hurt, but they still got plenty of good receivers. They got Julio Jones, the quarterback's efficient, offensive line is decent. They got some the linebackers are really good. So I'm just like when we came in to do our preview of that Broncos game last week, we were like, what do we have to point to? We're not going to a lot of these jet fans Anyone who's listening to this show already knows. They already know what the story is. We can't right. make up fake positives, fake places to exploit going against the Titans. What hope do we have? Mike, can you give the Jet fans anything? going into this game versus the Titans to point to.
0: I think you mentioned it, Um, Tannehill getting sacked all those times. I think maybe the defensive line could take advantage of that. I know A.J. Brown is down. Julio is their main go-to. Our corners have done a decent job. I don't think that any receiver has caught any touchdown against the New York Jets through three three, three games, which is pretty good. I look at C.J. Mosley, and he's like a missile. I don't know if you remember that
1: highlight where he hit. At the two-yard line? Oh, my goodness! In my head, I'm like, oh, that's a touchdown. And I didn't know who it was because I was like about 20 feet from the TV. I'm in my my kitchen, like making myself a bowl of cereal. Smoke that cat. Son, lit him up.
0: I was like, oh, there he is. There he is. Yeah, man. So the defense, if given a chance, the the Titan defense, unfortunately, uh, but I think their secondary really is not as strong as I had once thought it was um but we're gonna be home um this again <laughs> I, I, offensively I, I really don't know what to point to um i i think ty johnson is and i'm not saying this because of i just traded him away from my dynasty team i'm saying this because of what i saw yesterday he is a liability in pass pro like really bad at pass pro and not just bad at pass pro but catching the ball he also is not showing us anything. Uh, I don't think Michael Carter can do it by himself. They need that other running back. I'm thinking even maybe Tevin Coleman when he gets healthy or Josh Adams should be leveraged because Ty Johnson to me is not like when I see him with in the his game hands last
1: week, he, You're right. he dropped them balls hands, over the he place. Dropped them balls
0: but not just that, pass he's, not, bad.
1: he's not picking up protections the way he needs to. I mean, guys are just blowing through him. And this he's is something pocket. to know. This is something to note, man. When you see a guy like Ty Johnson and like we saw in Detroit, Mike, when he'd have the ball in his hands, he was electric. Last year when he'd get the ball thrown to him and run it, it looked like he was really good. Preseason this year looked great. There's a reason sometimes those guys are, and when you see him and you go, wow, every time this guy gets the ball, he's great. There's a reason those guys don't play every down. Mike's telling you guys right now why. Because there's liabilities that coaches know that we don't know till they start playing, they get enough reps. We haven't Correct. seen Ty Johnson enough. I remember him last year versus the Rams. He cut everything. He was catching every single ball in sight. So I don't know what happened to his hands. But one of those interceptions, I know he was maybe only three or four yards in front of the line of scrimmage. It was a sidearm pass from Wilson, but off, he boots it in the air interception. And it was when momentum, and all I wanted the Jets at that point to do was get a drive and score. Just score. I, we had three points on the board, got taken off for another horrible penalty. And that's something else we didn't dive too much into in the game from last week, Mike, but the penalties kind of killed us. But going into this game next week, Titans aren't that bad against stopping the run. They give up about 100 yards rushing a game. It's about average in the NFL. They give up about 260 yards passing a game. We're not averaging anywhere near that when it comes to passing the ball a game. So defense, when you look, it's pretty middle of the pack, the defense. Um, But what they do is they play ball control because they have Derek Henry. So if you have a running game like they have and you run the ball as often as they do, you have the ball a lot. So even though their defense isn't the greatest, they'll win a game by three points, they'll win a game by a field goal and they have no problem doing that. I know um, they lost that first game of the year, I believe to the Cardinals, I think it was 38-13. They played versus the Colts 25-16, they took a W last week, I think it was 33-30 versus Seattle, so we we know what they could do. The Titans get pretty far in the playoffs every year, knocking on the door there to get to the Super Bowl, knocking on the door always to get to the championship games because it seems like they play that bend, don't break defense. They do have some ballers on defense. They have uh, Rashad Evans. Um, I know they have Jalen Brown. They have um, the safety. Was name I'm forgetting off the top of my head, Mike. I'm sorry. Um, who's really good. And on offense, they have Julio Jones. I know Brown's hurt. They have Henry. So they're kind of a throwback team that's going to line up. They're going to run the football. They're going to probably not turn it over, even though Tannehill hasn't been as good this year as he was the previous two years. And I think Sunday might be a long day for us. I think there's a chance... You know, Titans play the type of games that are close. You know, they don't necessarily blow teams out because of the way they run the ball and the way they play, Mike. So this might be a closer game for us this weekend. I do think we're going to put a touchdown up on the board. You know, you're not going to go three games and no touchdown. I have to think we're going to get down the field, put something together against this defense, which is not as talented as the Broncos defense. We're at home. Mm. Um, I do think, though, I have to say it's going to be another loss for us. Mike. Yeah, I don't I, see, how, I,
0: yeah, I agree I don't see how
1: we get a W. I think 24-10. Yeah. Or something like that. I think it's going to be a, d- a day when uh, by the fourth quarter, we're no longer in the game, unfortunately. And I don't know what to tell Jet fans. I don't know what to say no. to them. I don't know what to come I- up with. We've been really good. I just want to throw this out. We've spent me and Mike's first podcast when we started doing this was when Sam Darnold got drafted. It was his first games. That's what the start of this for Mike and I. So we've been through now three seasons and three games of this garbage. We are, we are experts at figuring out ways. To all the people that sit here and support us, listen every week, which we love you guys so much we appreciate it so much because we're all Jet fans. We're, we're in this community together. We've tried to come up with ways every single time, man. What's something we can throw out? Mike's great at it. Mike's a super positive person in life. That's how he is. Guess what? You've beaten my boy down. That's what you've done to Mike. You did it to me too. I, I've tried, Mike. This year, I've, I've been pretty positive. I've been trying my best. Let's throw some defensive stats. You, you at least mentioned the corner. Working corners have been doing good. We got Q. We have these little scraps. But what do you do to this mess? What can we say to these Jet fans with this mess in front Here, of us?
0: Here's to me the, the, the silver. This is what we need to look at as Jeff fans. Why was Adam Geese a terrible head coach, just besides the fact that he lived in a billion years ago, you know, philosophy-wise? He was terrible because he was not flexible. He was not someone who would adjust. He's not somebody, he only thought it was his way, and that's it. And a lot uh, in life, when you find people who are inflexible, you're not gonna get a lot of value because people who are inflexible are either uh, selfish one two they are they're not secure they're insecure because they don't understand how to take their value and see another way of going and then adapt to that and still be valuable so they true. just know their own way okay so true so if Sala is a very good coach and we all pray he is you need to adjust i don't care if you need to call in someone else to call play call plays I don't care what it is you need to adjust Robert and I'm going to be watching this coaching staff and I want to see adjustments because if the Jets are this bad but let's just say like three four games let's say they're this bad for the next two three games and then we're oh and six we're terrible but then game seven we we win a game and then game eight and nine and at the end of the season we've got like four wins and we've been competitive in all the last games, I'm gonna walk away from the season like, okay, that's what's up. That's really all I wanted to see. I wanted to see the the growth because I wanna know this tree is rotten from the beginning before we start pouring water on it. You know what I'm saying? As Jet fans, we need to watch our leadership, our coaching staff, our top players like Aquinnon Williams who had a great game and could have talked all about himself but didn't and decided to address what we needed to do and get better with the team. That's what a leader should do. He did that. This is – we need to see, you know, what the what our leaders are going to be doing during these times and how they pivot. And if they can pivot and show val- actual tangible value on the on the field, then I feel like as Jeff fans we can feel good about it. If this does not happen, I mean, I hate to say it, but soon the spotlight is gonna be shining on Joe Douglas. Because yeah. I mean, at what point do we just continue to say, oh well he's rebuilding? Dude, like this is crazy. But it's early. We have the youngest team in the NFL. Let's just uh, yeah. let's just see what happens, man. I mean, uh, who knows. But I, I the quarterback, I'm not, I'm not down I'm, I can say that even in Sam's rookie year, um, until that last four games, I was getting skeptical about him because of the turnovers and everything earlier. And then the four games happened and I was like, oh, all right, we got a quarterback. And then next season was when, uh, Zach, I, I'm not at that point yet because I have seen ability like i've seen it, billy sanchez and D- Darnold, none of them have have had and i like his attitude he's not down he's still looking for positives and
1: you know let's see what happens with the kid so
0: that's all I. yeah
1: can. mike then you said it man if i think with Gase, would frustrate a lot of us is we just felt like we saw the same thing and the same mistakes for a really long time in a row um and that just comes to just being maybe to uh, invest it in your own philosophy to realize that you're doing something wrong you know and that ignorance is just not something in management or in life outside of politics where you can weaponize ignorance to to better your cause outside of politics there's very rarely ignorant successful business owners they don't really exist there's very rarely ignorant successful people in this world in any field you want to talk to open-minded people um tend to be more uh you know do a lot more self-analyzation to realize all right maybe i'm gonna i want to improve myself how do i do that gotta look at what i'm doing wrong and hopefully that's where robert salas does seem like that type of person uh but you did you did make a good point there mike when it comes to our boy joe d we've been singing his praises tons of great trades tons of great draft capital did a great job with the salary cap this that and this But the bottom line is the result on the field. That's it. Now, did anybody expect the Jets to come out, Mike, and just rip through the planet this year? Not really. But say the Jets lost every single one of these games, really close game, and played great. We'd all feel a lot different than we do right now. 0-3 is 0-3, but there's different types of 0-3. This 0-3, we've been 0-3 the last three seasons in a row. So we know what this feels like. This one somehow feels worse. Feels I don't terrible. even know how to, it feels worse than yeah. any of them. And, and you made a good point when it comes to Joe D because that 2020 draft class with Mims not even getting any burn and Beckton is, you know, beckton has been hurt, but Becton was good when he played. But damn, that Hall has played good too. Is, is Bryce Hall the best pick? You know, is, I mean, damn, there's a lot of picks. And we thought that was going to be a Drake draft class. Doesn't look like a lot of hits in that draft class this year is to be determined. looks like a lot of these rookies this year um, could pan out, but there's no way to know. And going to this weekend, Mike, we're wounded. What would be your best outcome? What would you, if you had a wish
0: for the Jets, what would be your your top outcome? Mine would be two touchdowns to Denzel Mims and they win uh, uh, Zach Wilson. That would be, because then would, that would establish him and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That would be my, if I could have anything, I want Mims to catch like two T's. Yeah. Hard. And Zach just like, ah, that's what I
1: want. I'll tell you, if I could have anything, it would be Justin to play a nice, clean game from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. Because what we saw last week, you can't make a mixture of more of a disaster on the field than not protecting your quarterback, the type of penalties they had, the type of drops they had, um, the interceptions, everything you could think of was horrific. If they go out this week and Zach, say Zach doesn't tear it up, Mike, but It's the fourth quarter and the Jets are down 17-13 and the Jets make a defensive stop and we have four minutes left. And our boy goes down the field, okay? Leads us into the end zone for a W. I don't care who he throws the ball to. It could be Denzel Mims. It could be Denzel Mims' mom, okay? I don't care who it is. I just want to see our boy feel some success. And the fans there at MetLife, me, my cousin, all of us, all the 85,000 fans there going for the Jets, we deserve some success. We deserve something throw us a bone. We had we had gates all last year and now three games of this. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. my best case scenario is walking out of MetLife with my head up, being proud of my squad, mm. knowing, yeah, we stunk for three games, but this team is not going to just bow out four games into the season. Right. You no, know, and start making these mental mistakes you saw at the end of last game, mm-hmm. which are indicative of badly coached teams. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I want to see, Mike, and hopefully that is what happens. Don't have a lot of faith it will, but that's why they play the games. That's why they play the games, Mike. All right. That's so what we got for you guys this week. Mike, if anyone does want to get at us, support us, be involved in the AEBG world in any way, shape, or form, where could they do that?
0: Yeah, you can see us on YouTube, Apple, iTunes, iTunes excuse me, uh, Facebook. You can reach us at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter, you can reach us at AEBG underscore myj podcast. And on Instagram, you can reach us at Jet.AEBG.
1: You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris My name is Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out.